praise God. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Amen. Let's just let's just praise the Lord for a few moments. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We honor and bless your name. Thank you for working in our lives, working in our midst. Thank you, strong and mighty. Thank you, Lord, strong and mighty, wonderful, powerful, faithful. You are good to us every day. Thank you, Lord, for working toward us, working in us, and working toward us. Within, from within, and toward us, according to your good pleasure, the good pleasure of your will. Lord, we yield ourselves, vessels you can use, vessels you can move and flow through. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord. Mighty are you in the midst of us. Great is your favor and grace upon us. Thank you, Lord. Never alone, never without, never insufficient are we. Thank you, Lord, because your grace works toward us and in us mightily. Thank you, Lord. There's always enough. There's always a sufficient supply of everything we would ever want or need. It's in you, and you're in us. We thank you, Lord. For, for, for your all-sufficiency, we give you the praise. We give you the glory, all the honor. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. Well, God is good. Everybody okay tonight? Hallelujah. Something noisy back there. We need to get unnoised. Maybe you guys can't hear, but I I do. It's right behind me. <laughs> Praise God. Let me share something with you then uh, uh, from the Word. Then we'll we'll see. Um, go to uh, if you have a Bible. Look at John chapter eight. John chapter eight. Are you thankful for His presence? Do we know and understand that that the Lord is always working for our good? And if there's any if there's anything that we are lacking in or wanting or something missing or broken that He is actively working in and towards us to the end that that would be resolved. If there's something in you that you have not figured out or seeking an answer for or don't know why it's not working or anything like that, he is he's mindful of that. He knows about it. <laughs> he knows about it without you. You don't even have to like remind him every day. Uh, he already knows about it and he's actively working towards you to resolve, to bring uh, to bring in you into a place of understanding and receiving and enjoying His best. Amen. See, a, a wrong mindset might be, well, if that's true, certainly 
he has the ability to just make it clear, <laughs> you know, or just show up or, you know, right? We, we, we often gravitate toward, toward some spectacular manifestation or experience and think, well, the Lord could certainly do that if I'm not getting it any other way. Well, I can't say I know all the ins and outs of why those things always happen in a certain way. But I, 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 I do know this, that the Lord is not, He's not forgetful of us. Do you ever, I mean, I don't ever forget about my kids. My two of our kids don't even live here anymore. I might joke with them, like, who are you? But <laughs> when they call, who's this again? Uh, <laughs> But we don't truly forget about them, <laughs> not for probably one hour of one day. You know what? And, th and that's our natural mind. The Father has never forgotten about you, not for a second, not for a moment. Amen. And, and in that, He's working in us. I, I know why I seem to say that a lot or quote that verse a lot. Remember over there from Philippians, it said, God uh, who works it is God who works in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. In other words, He's working on us. He's working on our want to. And He's working on our to do. <laughs> uh, yeah? And, and so everything He wants to do, it's not a just a requirement placed on us. It's not a twisting of the arm making us. But He is working on us, so to speak. He's, work, he's, he's endeavoring to convince us. Right. That's one of one of the definitions of the word uh, convict is to convince. All right. He he brings a convincing. He'll try to talk you into it, because ultimately ultimately it's your choice what you do in life. It's your choice what you do with his calling, with his word, with his power, uh, with your time, with your. It's your choice, but he can be convincing. He won't make you do it, but you know he'll give you a good reason to do the right thing. So he's working in us. He's working towards us. And if any one of his children are, uh, you know, in bondage in any way, bound up with anything, he's working towards you to get to, to get freedom operative in your life. He's working towards you constantly. Say, well, how is he doing that? Probably a lot of different ways. Ultimately, though, he's, he needs to get us to a place of understanding. That's typically how it works. All right. There are some other manifestations of the Spirit, but if he can get us into a place of understanding what we, where we are, what we have, what we can do, then his power is operative. It's manifest in us. You, you remember Jesus at the at the at the well in, in the book of John chapter four. There was that woman there who was, you know, getting water, and you know he started reading her mail about all her husbands and and all that stuff, and and she said, I you know I perceive you're a prophet and so forth, and um, uh, and Jesus started talking to about her about living water. Anybody remember that account? He said, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd have asked him, he'd have given you living water. And of course, he was talking about something more than, you know, a special H2O, H2O formula, right? He's talking about life. And, uh, uh, but Jesus knew that he had something. He knew what he had. He knew he could give it away. Uh, and, and, and he, so I believe one of the main things the Lord wants to get across to us 
It's not complicated. It's You don't have to be a spiritual rocket scientist to figure it out. He wants you to know what belongs to you. He wants to know you to know and me to know what we have and what we can do with it. Right? If I know, you know, it's like a if you were a, a house guy, you know, a house builder. I'm thinking of the, the tool belt. Contractor, you know, or a builder. What? Bob the Builder? He can fix it. Yes, he can. If you don't haven't had kids in the last 20 years or something, then you don't know who Bob the Builder is. But <laughs> Anyway, if you had that, that builder's belt, there's probably a, a name for that, tool belt. <laughs> Let's go with builder's belt. <laughs> Don't correct me while I preach. (laughs) Um, Now, what was the illustration there? (laughs) If you didn't know that you had it, what was in it, what those different tools could do, you might go about your house building project with much more difficulty than you could if you knew this tool does this, this tool does this, and what that you have them, that you can use them, and what they do. Right? Life is very much more difficult for the believer if they don't know what they have, if they don't know how to use it, if they don't know that they can use it, right? And so, or, or they go around using the wrong tool in the, in the situation. And so that's why the Spirit of God is always, always, always working toward us, working in us, moving us into a place of knowing what we have, knowing that we can use what we have, knowing how to use what we have. Because if something is not working for a child of God, then there's something missing. It's usually, I don't mean it's, it's unattainable, but it's probably right up here. It's probably wrong thinking. Most of the time, that's what, it's just, right up here, we, we're lacking information. We're lacking understanding. We're lacking light in an area. And so the Spirit of God will work in us to that end. Right? It's one of the reasons He'll have us talk to people. Because sometimes, if we're not just getting it direct, He'll help us by hearing from someone else. It's one of the reasons we end up in a service like this. We get something. We get an answer. We get a direction. We get, a, we get light in an area. It's one of the reasons there'll be prophecy or there'll be a word of knowledge or be a word of wisdom or something like that. It's all designed to move God's people into a place of freedom. Yeah. And so we're always paying attention, always watching, always listening for what the Lord would say to us, what the Lord would say through us to someone else, because you know how it works. It's often we can be the key in someone else's life, and just by saying something very simple, amen. And so he's doing that for us tonight. Again, if there is bondage in anyone's life, it's not supposed to be that way. All right? Uh, Think about... uh, Think about the words freedom and bondage, okay? Freedom, bondage. Bondage, how, how, how would you describe that? I'm thinking I'm, I'm tied up. I'm bound, okay? Or I'm in a cage. 
I'm bound. I'm, I don't have freedom. I can't go where I want, do what I want, when I want, how I want. I am in some way restricted in life. Okay. What, what, do, what are spiritual bondages? We know what a physical bondage like that, uh, how you could bind someone up. What's a spiritual bondage? Okay. It could be uh, just quite a few things. But it, it, someone could be bound up by fear, for example. Uh, someone could be bound up with disease. All those things restrict their freedom of movement, their freedom of activity, their freedom of life. Someone could be bound up by guilt and shame. They could be bound up with, with lack, poverty and lack. Uh, right? Uh, they, see, all, they could be bound up with lies, with just deceit. They believe wrong about something and so they conduct themselves a certain way and it's, it's furthering you know, that greater restriction and bondage. The Lord's will for all of us is freedom. It just really is. It's, it's freedom. That we live a free, wide-open, spacious life. It's easy. We smile a whole bunch. We smile more than we don't. Right? And life is good. We always have something to praise the Lord about. And, uh, and if there's a, an attack, a struggle, a bondage, something, well, we use His Word, we use authority, we use His name, we use what He gives us, and we overcome again. Okay? I'm not saying there's no mo- moments of, you know, issues and problems, but we overcome. Why, 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 do, we, why do we overcome? Because He's working in us. Not with the problem. He's working in us to overcome the problem. Yeah? And if anything, we're not succeeding in... Don't beat yourself up because that ties the rope on you again. But if anything, we're not succeeding, and this is what we ought to believe. You tell me what I'm supposed to believe? Absolutely. Believe that God is working in you and toward you to the end that you get free from that bondage, from that affliction, from that struggle. Hallelujah. Amen. Man, this is always so easy. We come in here, we just start talking, and, and I think I'm going to look at a scripture, and 20 minutes later, I haven't even started. <laughs> but, I know, but I know this, it's, it's the Lord. I, I totally believe it. It's the Lord working in us and towards us to this end. So we think like He does. All right, you find John? John 8. This is popular passage for good reason. John 8, uh, verse 31. John 8, 31. It reads, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, If you abide in My Word, you are My disciples indeed. Notice, if you abide in My Word, that's a key word there is abide um, some translations say continue. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. When shall you, when shall you know the truth? If you abide or continue in his word, then you'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. All right? So the free person is the one who knows something, who knows what's true. The person who knows what's true is the one who continues or abides in His Word. Why would abiding in His Word result in freedom? 
Well, because if I am continually thinking about and hearing words of truth, they are going to cause me to think a certain way. And if I have, if I have bondage thinking, I'm going to need a lot of freedom thinking and hearing freedom words in order to reverse the curse of my bondage thinking. Yeah? And sometimes thinking habits can be deeply entrenched in our, in our lives. And it takes a continual hearing of God's Word again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And sometimes, I don't, it doesn't have to be this way, but sometimes it's not till the tenth time that you go, oh, <laughs> duh. Because it took a while to fill the old trench. <laughs> just really did. We had bondage mentality, bondage thinking, and then we heard it, heard it, heard it, heard it, and we became his disciple in the process. What, what do you mean, a disciple? A disciplined follower. Not just following him kind of loosely or at a distance, but a discipline. We had a discipline in our walk. We're following him because we know how he thinks. And because we kept listening to him over and over and over again, we now think that way too. And when we think that way, when we think like the, Lord's think, the Lord thinks, we live in a free life. Nothing can touch us. Amen. Jesus said, no one takes my life. I lay it down. And when you start thinking like he thinks, there's a boldness that rises up in you. And you start saying, and no one takes mine either. Now, you sound like you're talking just like God. I know he likes it too. Scripture said, be imitators of God as dear children. So we're imitating Him. How can I imitate Him only if I think like Him? How can I think like Him only if I listen to His words again and again and again and again and again and again and again? This is what produces a life of freedom as opposed to bondage. Okay, If we're bound up in any area, struggling, lacking, not, not finding the answer, not knowing why it's not working, His word, His word, His word, His word, His word. His word, His word, His word, His word. I'm going to abide in Him, abide in Him, abide in Him, abide in Him, abide in Him. And I'm going to start having free thinking. All right? We need some free thinkers in here. Say, but we're all free in, in Jesus. Yes, but that but doesn't mean you have free thinking. What happens sometimes in our lives is we get a, a, a position in Christ... Meaning, God sees us a certain way, He accepts us and embraces us in Christ, and that's just who we are, but that reality has not yet reached our mentality. And when that reality reaches our mentality, we enjoy the experience of it. But it's sometimes, that's the work, that's the challenge right there, is to get ourselves to think free, to be free thinkers instead of bound thinkers. Amen. Now, uh, con- consider, I mean, there, there has been uh, slavery in many societies through history, the history of the world. Uh, what if someone was a slave all their life? You know, the Israelites were when they were in Egypt. Generation after generation, they just grew, grew up. They were slaves. All right. Uh, what if someone was a slave all their life and then they were set free? Well, one, how many recognize they would have to know that they're set free? Otherwise, they would, someone would continue to treat them like a slave and they'd live as a slave if they didn't know they were free. 
But even if they finally get the word, hey, you're free, that, you know, the cage door is open, go ahead and run on out. That might be scary out there. How many know there are a lot of Christians who have, uh, when I say Christians, they're real Christians, they've, they've trusted the Lord for eternal life. But because they've been bound up in a, a bondage, a religion of bondage their whole life, you can start telling them about, hey, did you know that door was open? That cage was open? They'll be, free, they'll be technically free because they're born again, but practically living in a cage. They'll, live, they'll just stay there. Amen. And so uh, that's why it takes, it takes a little bit of work on our thinking to get free thinking. Because you, be, you can be technically free and then bound up with disease all your life. And the Lord has already healed you in Christ by His stripes. Yet, you're not living on experiencing it. The Lord has made you rich. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Yet, you can't pay your bills. The Lord has put His divine spark of joy on the inside. Yet, you're sad. Down. See, all these things are true. But if you have the mentality of the cage... What's true is not going to be in your experience. Uh, turn back to uh, Deuteronomy, if you would. Everybody got time? Deuteronomy, chapter 28. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. You were singing that song too? We can come do a duet. <laughs> Two are better than one. Uh, Deuteronomy is a, a book describing the law, of course. This is not a time period that we live in, but the Jewish scriptures here uh, taught them about the law, or we call the Mosaic law. And... and and, and some of what's here, let's just go ahead and, and, and read some of it. In verse 1, it says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to, to observe carefully uh, all His commandments, which I command you today, and that the Lord, that today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now let me just, let's just read a few, few for a moment of these blessings. Verse 3, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and in the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl, blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated, before your face they shall come against you one way, and flee before you seven ways, the Lord will command the blessing on you. In your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is, live, is giving you. Now we could keep reading about the blessings and how wonderful it is. And much of it was uh, you know, connected to their manner of life and their style of life in those days. And if you read the whole chapter, you've got a, a sad part of that chapter too. And it's called the curses. 
All right, And in the curses, you read about disease after disease after disease after nasty disease and, and, and fruitlessness and, and your family breaking up and all kinds of stuff is under the curse. And basically, he's explaining to them the very first word we read. He said, if you will do everything I say, <laughs> obey every commandment, then this is what you get. And if you don't, it stinks to be you, because it is going to be rough in your life. Blessings and curses, all right? Now, you might read that, and it, at first it sounds like, well, great, um, until I think probably they thought, blessing, 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 yeah, and then they read the word all. If you'll do everything, if you'll obey all these commandments. And on, on the, in the first hour after they received these commandments, someone broke one. <laughs> what happens now? Well, now you're in the curse category, so welcome. And how many know, if you, if you study all of Scripture, you find out basically the real reason why these, all these commandments were given to them was to prove to themselves that they were unholy and unrighteous. That they could not live up to the standard of God and they needed a Savior. It was a long plan, long-term setup for Jesus coming and dying on the cross. Nevertheless, God did want them to be blessed. He didn't want them to be cursed. And because of that, when He gave them their list of commandments, which was extensive, um, He also set up a sacrifice plan, a sacrificial system. Basically, it helped them to get blessed when they failed. The Lord still wanted to bless them. He didn't want them to be cursed and be diseased and be broke and, and all this kind of stuff. And so he gave them a great sacrificial system that would cover their sins. And when they messed up, they could sacrifice an animal. And then, for a period of time anyway, the blessings of God could flow in, into their lives again unhindered. It was also the Lord could have His way. What? His way in doing what? In blessing His people. He wanted them to be free and not bound. He wanted them to, uh, to live large and in charge. Amen. Uh, when it comes to our lives, one of the challenges in this is people will often read this and we immediately also become conscious of our shortcomings of our failure to live up to do everything that the Lord said, to obey all His commandments, to fulfill all His will. And so what happens many times is people live for God the best they can, and they then they live with a consciousness and awareness of their shortcomings. And they come short, and they, they come short of God's best, and therefore their faith gets sapped when it comes to praying, when it comes to believing. Because they're inadequate, they're unholy, they're unworthy. Can anybody relate to this? Does this make any sense whatsoever? Say, well, we just need, if we could do what they did, then we could get blessed too. We should have some sacrifices. <laughs> but how many know uh, the new covenant came along? And it's, it's called, see this is old covenant, it's called a better covenant, established upon better promises, right? And one of the benefits of the 
better covenant is that we don't have to have sacrifices. There was one sacrifice, Jesus, who paid the price once and for all for everybody. Right? So in essence, we could say, uh, Deuteronomy 28, 1, And it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, and Jesus did, to observe carefully all His commandments, which Jesus did perfectly, which I command you today, that the Lord God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. And if I approach God based upon what Jesus did, I automatically qualify for every one of these blessings. And I, and I no longer have to live a perfect life or go kill an animal in order for God to answer my prayer or bless me in some way. What do I do? I, if ever I come up and come up feeling unworthy, unholy, undeserving of God's promise, I just go back to the sacrifice. So what do you mean back to the sacrifice? Not these, not the old covenant sacrifice, back to Jesus. What do you mean you go back to Him right here? Because I have to have freedom thinking. If, I'm, if I live with a consciousness of sin, which by the way is a really predominant disease in, in many Christian churches. Because they teach it, they basically teach a sin conscious gospel. You know, we're all broken. We're all old sinners saved by grace. They teach that. They want you to carry around this belief that you're insufficient, that you're unholy, you're unworthy. They, they teach that as gospel, and it's exactly the opposite of what the new covenant is designed to do. Old covenant said, you're a rascal. Don't forget it. Time for sacrifices. New covenant says, no, you've been made worthy, holy, righteous. You are accepted in the beloved, in Jesus and so we're not having to live a perfect life for acceptance or for blessing or for freedom. Nor are we having to go through some kind of ritual, which is very a very religious practice too. You've got to say these prayers or you know maybe light these candles or get your, your different things going on. Uh, certain things that you have to do to gain favor and acceptance with God. No, what do we do? Right here, we go back to freedom thinking. What is that? I'm remembering. The one and final sacrifice has been made on my behalf. Therefore, I qualify for all the blessings right now. Oh, no, certainly you've got to go to, at least go to welcome lunch, connect lunch, join a life group, serve on the dream team, hit, hit a, at least five or six believers meetings, then you qualify. Right? No. No. Those are all good practices, obviously, or we wouldn't do that. But no, not prerequisite to qualify for a blessing from God. Amen. Who qualifies you? Jesus. The one and final sacrifice qualifies every single one of us. This is one of the problems why when we talk about freedom, we talk about prayer, there's a lack of confidence in our hearts. We think there's something wrong with us. Why isn't my... Why isn't my prayer working? Why isn't my, hasn't my healing come? Why, where's my financial breakthrough? Where's, where's the victory in my life? What's wrong with me? Stop! What's wrong with you? That's bondage thinking. 
Because if you think long enough, probably most of us don't have to think very long at all. And we'll find something that's wrong with us. Not in Christ, but in ourselves, something we did wrong, some lack of discipline, some we think we're not not a good enough Christian, we don't do something enough or often enough, we failed a thousand times. That's bondage thinking. That keeps us held in bondage. But if you continue in His Word, you'll know the truth. What's the truth? That's Jesus. Remember, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth on the cross, once and and for all, final sacrifice. Read the book of Hebrews. It's all about that. Hebrews 10 is a good place. Hebrews 8 is a good place. Once and for all, final sacrifice. He did it all. Nothing else has to be done. I'm qualified because of what He did for me. I'm not qualified because I went to church. Even though it's a good practice, a good habit. But I'm not qualified because I'm here. Because what happens then? If you miss, you just disqualified and your faith goes into the curse now. Your faith is for, I mean, I deserve punished, I deserve curse, I deserve something to go wrong, or my prayers aren't going to be as effective today. Stop it. You've got bondage thinking, and we've got to have freedom thinking. It's hard to get a person free without getting them to think free. Say, well, we can open up the cage door. Jesus did that. 2,000 years ago, he unlocked it, swung it wide open, and it's been sitting open ever since. Unfortunately, a lot of us have spent a lot of nights in the cage wondering, why, well, Lord, why aren't you doing something? Help me! Jesus, we're praying. We call other people, pray for me, pray for me. What do we need? I need the knowledge of how to walk out that cage door. Appropriate my freedom. Go to Galatians, if you would. Big right-hand turn. If you uh, find Galatians, go to the third chapter. Galatians chapter 3, everybody say it out loud, say, I am free, in Jesus, I am free, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed, that's me, I'm free, amen. We didn't read that verse, that was a couple verses later in John chapter 8 and verse 26, whom the Son sets free is free indeed, right? So the Son wants us free. Amen. And he has made us free. In Galatians chapter 3, I want you to notice uh, that this, it's a whole book, but this part is, t- is contrasting those who are of faith versus those who are of the law. Everybody say, of faith, of the law. Okay, what's the law? Again, it's the old covenant commandments, but it's obeying all of them. Do all these commandments, and then the blessings of God will come on you. Right? What's of faith? Well, that's this. So verse 9, Galatians 3, 9. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. All right? Abraham was before the law. Abraham didn't have to obey all the commandments to be blessed. He just believed, and he was blessed. Amazing. Almost sounds too good to be true. It's like, that's too simple. Certainly, I have to, you know, notch out a few checklist items. No, just belief. You, now watch. You can see 
before we even read, you can see how the human race gravitates towards the checklist, towards being good enough. Why? And, and even people who are saved, they kind of gravitate back towards that after they get saved. Unless, we're, unless our minds are renewed and we continue in His Word, we gravitate back. Think, if you were to start a religion on planet Earth, lots of people have, what, what would you do? You would, you would probably start a checklist religion. It's real good for keep followers. <laughs> you have to do these things in order to make paradise. You would keep them in line. <laughs> and that's why all religions do that. All, I've, I've never seen one that doesn't. They all have a checklist. Okay, That's why being saved, that's why a relationship with God is so different. Uh, someone said, well, uh, you know, Christianity, if you, uh, if you will, is just another religion. Well, you can make it a religion. You can. You can have a Christian religion. But if you just went with the revelation of Jesus and who he is, it's not. Say, why? Because there's no checklist. There's no list of requirements. There's not a list of you have to do all these things to get to heaven or be accepted or be loved or be blessed. It's literally, it's hard for the human brain to grab a hold of because it goes like this. Just believe. Certain, no, 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 you can't just believe. That's making it too easy. But that's the gospel. It's Jesus did all the heavy lifting. We do all the believing. Sounds too good to be true, but it is. Okay. So if you're of faith, you're blessed. If you're of faith, you're blessed. Verse 9, that's verse 9. With believing Abraham. Verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Ah. If I'm of the works of the law, what does that mean, of the works of the law? Meaning I am relying on my obedience to, my faithfulness to do everything God said. If I'm relying on that, I'm under a curse. That's a good reason not to do it right there. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue, look, in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. That's quite a statement. Cursed is everyone who doesn't do how many of them? All of them. Well, who can do all of them? No one. So if we go that route, cursed, I'm thinking I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm not rolling the dice. You're t- I'm, I'm, skip- I'm not playing this game. You guys go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to do the whole obey the law thing because I'm going to end up cursed. Someone said, I think I can do it. You have at it. (laughs) But I'll prophesy to you. Cursed. (laughs) Verse 11, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. How many people are? No one. No one. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. Faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them, the commands of the law, shall live by them. Verse 13, you know this verse. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's Jesus on the cross becoming the curse. What curse? The curse of not obeying every commandment. 
that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What is the blessing of Abraham? Here's the blessing of Abraham. I get it because I believe. What's the curse of the law? Do it all and you'll never succeed. The curse of the law is you have to obey it all and you never will. So the curse is that follow that curse have a reign in your life. Meaning poverty, lack, and sickness, and death, and unfruitfulness, and all those curses in Deuteronomy 28. You can read about them. They are a result of the curse. Everybody know what the curse is? The curse is that we can't do it all. And therefore, we fail. We're cursed. The blessing is, I get to just believe. It's not conditional or contingent upon my perfect obedience or righteous life. It is, blessed, it is based upon Jesus being a curse on the tree. Amen. And so this, now, now let me show you one more. Uh, uh, Romans. Uh, you know this verse too, but this is so essential. It's, it's basic Christian doctrine, but the Galatian church, why did they need that written to them? In short, because they had gotten saved, but they went back to bondage thinking. They went back to, nope, you got to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And they got sucked back under, under the requirements of the law. They wouldn't just stay free in Christ. Amen. Now, you, got, you found Romans there, though. Let me, <laughs> let me read another verse to you while you're, you don't have to follow me over. I won't tell you that way you can't. Okay, I'll tell you now. It's Galatians 5.1. It's the same, same letter. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which with Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Do you know, I want you to notice there is a need to stand fast. So it's not, I get saved, and then nothing else to do. I get saved, and I need to make sure I dig in. And I stand fast because there is going to be like a, a weight, a pull to try to get me to go back into performance living. To try to, try to get me back into a belief that says God is not pleased. He's not going to answer my prayer. He's not going to bless me. He's not going to heal me. He's not going to prosper me. He's not going not to give me the things that, that I need or want in life unless I do my life perfect. Is that mentality pervasive or not? That's why he said, stand fast in this. You Galatians, will you quit it? In, in the third chapter, he called them fools. Another translation said, he, he said it this way, you stupid Galatians, what are you thinking? You've got freedom in Christ and you're going to go back under Moses' deal? Because they revered Moses, you know, of course. You're going to go back under the law after you've been free in Christ? Don't. Stay here. Stay free. Accept your deliverance. Accept your freedom as a gift. You can't do anything to make it better. You can't do anything to take it away. It's just yours. 
And when you pray and when you stand before Him, stand as a righteous person. Stand as a forgiven individual. As a very child of God. He requires nothing of you to be in His family. Zero. You just believe and it's there. That's the blessing of Abraham that we get it by faith. In, in Romans 10, he said this in verse, in verse 10. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. Notice, with the heart, one believes unto what produces righteousness? Believing does. I believe unto righteous. Say, so what are you saying? I, am I righteous? What do you believe? Your believing is unto it. Notice I didn't say, well, how are you living? Let me check your browser history. <laughs> Tell you if you're righteous or not. No, no, no. What do you believe? Your believing is unto righteousness. Amen. And so, when I approach a life of, uh, of freedom, what needs to happen? One of the big problems is people think there's something wrong with themselves. Well, there must be something wrong with me. I prayed, and I didn't get any answer. I didn't see anything, or, I, you know... Nothing's happening. What's wrong with me? That's what's wrong with you. What? Bondage thinking. It's the, it's the thought, it's the mentality, it's the belief that I am in some way insufficient, unholy, unworthy. God doesn't like something in me, and therefore, He's holding back. He doesn't want to bless me. He doesn't want to give this to me because there's something in me He doesn't like. And until I get that right, he's not going to bless me. That's law thinking. That's cursed thinking. We are not cursed individuals. We are blessed with faithful Abraham. Say, so what do you mean faithful Abraham? You mean Abraham, the guy that lied to the king of Egypt about his wife being his sister? <laughs> yep, that guy. <laughs> now, obviously, we're not recommending that. Lying or any other kind of unrighteous act, because we could give you lots of scriptures on how to live and how to live this out, but it, none of it is unto our blessing, unto salvation. It's not unto our freedom. Jesus opened the cage door. Jesus opened it. It's a door that he opened and no one can shut. The devil can't keep us bound. Our lack of Perfection can't keep us bound. Jesus opened the door. He imputed righteousness, imputed holiness into our, into our spirit. And that's just who we are. If I can get that mentality up into my brain and know whom the Son sets free is unquestionably free. Then I talk to the Lord a different way. Then I live a different way. I think a different way. I've said it many times, but it is really hard to get a, a sinner to live right. It's really hard to get a sinner to not sin. It's like it's hard to get my dog not to bark. 
If there is a dog coming near or a new person coming into the house, he's going to bark. And we can say, stop it. He'll bark anyway. It's so disobedient. He will, there's a bark in here. I can't get him not to bark. I can't get a sinner not to sin. But if I can get them to be born again and convince them that they're no longer a sinner, but now they are the righteousness of God in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You have His life in you, His nature. You have His ability. You have His, 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 His very thoughts inside of you. If I can get them to think that way, now behavior changes. Now we can live victorious. Amen. See, I can think like a sick person trying to get healed, or I can think like a healed person appropriating the rights of my redemption. I can think like a poor person and say, oh, Lord, just help me make it through. Or I can think like a prosperous individual and say, I thank you, Lord, that you have made me to succeed in life. See, I can think like a depressed person. I can think like a failure. I can think like, a, uh, like an alcoholic. I can think like a, a bondage of, in, in whatever what way it is. Or I can start meditating. And I don't mean just once here or there, just a confession here or there, or a thought once in a while. I mean continuing in His Word. Then I'll know the truth, and the truth will make me free. But I have to continue in it. I have to replace worldly thinking, and law thinking, and curse thinking, and bondage thinking with grace, and freedom, and faith, and life, and acceptance, and, amen, righteous thoughts. Then I walk right out of the cage and say, what in the world was I doing in there? I don't belong in there. I'm not a slave. I'm not a prisoner. I am free in Jesus. You know, when people talk about, I'm just trying to get the heavens to open above me. I think the heavens are closed above me. No, they're not. You're free in Christ. There's no cage, there's no lid, there's no ceiling, it's just an open access to the Father. Father, I come to you not in my name, I come to you in Jesus' name, the one who made me righteous, the one who washed me clean, and in him I know I'm accepted in your family, I'm loved by you, I'm embraced by you, you are my very own Father, and I ask you, in the name of Jesus, and then you ask your, your, make your request. Amen. And I lay hold of, what for, of that for which he has laid hold, laid hold of me. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody free tonight? Praise God. I hate to turn this into a teaching meeting, but uh, I guess it has to be once in a while. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just stand up for a minute. Let's uh, bring the crew up and let's, let's just pray for a moment. Father, we love you. We serve you. Father, we can go with this if we need to. I thank you for your truth that makes us free. Thank you for your words. They are life unto those who find them. But if, there's, if there are other things... We always yield to you and give place to you, to your Holy Spirit, to work in our lives, to work in us and through us. And we thank you for your abiding presence. You never leave us. You're always here. Faithful is he who calls. 
who also will do it. That's you, Lord. You've been faithful to us. You've called us, and you also do it. So we believe you're at work in our lives today, work in our, at work in our midst. Go ahead and play some, some uh, keyboard music back there. We believe that you're, you're working to prosper this word in our lives, in our hearts. It gets planted and it grows and increases. And we walk in the freedom that we've been called to. Oh, all the glory, all the glory belongs to you. Most faithful God. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Hedging Ninyan Sanagias Medralisti Frabangensi Machikenda Ale Residok Aranumuk Ivinijina Endralasti Panduk Haydens de Bajindanza Maurusika Repinilia Bradanza Bopa. And my call has gone out. My word has gone forth and my ways have been revealed to you so that you could believe them so that you could walk in them so that you could enjoy my best in this life don't put it off until the time of heaven but enjoy this rest Enjoy this time of my best. Enjoy this victory that I've given to you now. And walk in freedom. I've taught you how. Enjoy my best and put a smile on your face so you can run with confidence and finish your race. This is my call. This is what I've chosen for you all. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you for your blessings, for your favor, for your grace upon each one. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your favor. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the truth that makes us free. We continue in your word and in your ability. We delight in the truth. We delight in your way. We delight in you, Lord, and you show us the way. Hallelujah. All the praise to you. Believing. We believe and we do rest. We believe and we do pass the test. We believe and we are qualified for your best. We believe in what you've done. We believe. Praise to you, Lord. Praise to you, Lord. We give praise to you. We are free. Free indeed. Unquestionably free. Free in you. All the praise to you. All the glory. All the honor be unto you. Most faithful God. 
comes to blind the minds of those who don't believe. He is the blinder. Why would Satan want to blind people? Because of truth. Because of what really is. He doesn't want people to know how much God really loves them. He doesn't want them to know that the gate, the prison door has been swung wide open. He wants them to think that it's closed. He wants he wants the bound up to believe that it's unchangeable, that it can't be altered. But thank God the truth makes us free. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. 